Welcome to Credit Hour, a weekly thought-provoking conversation with the brightest minds from the University of South Dakota. They get the credit, we ask the questions. This is Credit Hour. Today's episode of Credit Hour is the last episode of Credit Hour, at least with me, Michael Ewald, as your host. The last three years, I've had the amazing opportunity to interview almost 100 USD alumni, guests, faculty, and students. Topics range from politics and law to the arts and the sciences, even poetry and the pandemic. But one of the few constants was a question I asked most of our guests, and the question was, what do you know for sure? It's a great philosophical introspective question, and it was a useful way to conclude a podcast. But frankly, I won't take credit for it. The credit goes to my mom, or really Oprah, who wrote a book based on the question. But I like to think it was my mom, because she bought me a self-help book from Oprah somewhere in the meandering days of my mid-20s. I won't tell you what prompted my mom to do that, but nonetheless, she did. I honestly can't say I ever read the book, but the question stuck with me, and the search for that answer is, I think, a useful way to think about life. Because as many of our guests would respond, and as the last year is put into focus, what do any of us really know for sure? Well, I won't skip out on trying to answer that question. I know for sure I was lucky to end up back at USD four years ago, first in a media role, then a part-time podcast host, and then again as a student who received a scholarship to attend law school, which had always been a dream of mine. I know for sure that education can change someone's life, and I know that because it changed mine. But I also know that the liberal arts and everything that I think it stands for, exploration, discovery, creativity, medicine, the law, the arts and the sciences. All these things don't cancel culture, they add to it. And for the last several years, I was proud that this podcast provided a platform to demonstrate this community's diverse array of expertise and experience. And it is something I know I will miss. I guess the last thing I would say, I know for sure I'm excited for the future. Excited to get to celebrate the accomplishment of graduating law school with my family and friends here in a few days. Excited to get to apply the lessons I learned here in law school in practice. And honestly, I'm just excited for the future because it's unknown. And, you know, it took me a long time to figure it out, but trying to answer that question, that's the fun part. Thank you for listening to Credit Hour. I hope you enjoy the last episode. Our first answer comes from former USD president Jim Abbott on the inaugural episode of Credit Hour. I think what I know is that, like all things that are trite, they're often true. I think we're all here for a reason, and I think we all have an obligation to do the best we can to make sure that whatever we do results in something positive. that's not very dramatic, that's, uh, that's not telling you anything you didn't know, but the fact is, that is, I think, why we're here. We, we, one wants to feel that one made a difference. Simplest sentence in the world, but it's pretty powerful, really. The next answer comes from current USD president, Sheila Gestring. What I know for sure is that an education at the University of South Dakota is transformational. It can truly change a person's life. I've seen it. I see the alumni. Um, I've heard stories from the alumni. I, I know with certainty that an education is absolutely critical to society and to the individual. One thing I loved about this question, what do you know for sure, was the philosophical nature it inspired. One answer in particular from artist and USD alumnus Keith Braveheart stuck out to me. Well, I know for sure now that 
I don't have to overthink what do I want to do. I can just appreciate the moments that that are in front of me. I can also take a lot of um, confidence in in knowing that there doesn't have to always be such a plan. I don't have to always look totally towards a finish line. I can just kind of enjoy the journey. Um, But then also looking maybe at just the experience of being here at USD, I think I know definitely a lot more about painting. I know a lot more about um, different perspectives, different cultures, and a lot of um, how that can help me really, really kind of sharpen my way of speaking about what is my intentions as an artist. So why am I creating art? Why is it important for me to share my art with a South Dakota audience? Why is it important for me to still speak about Oscar Howe and his legacy? Um, I know what all of that means to me. Another thoughtful answer was provided by former USD law professor and a mentor of mine, Frank Pomersheim. Um, (laughs) My wisdom is not much. I mean, it's an interesting question because I oftentimes uh, my own children, we have three children, they're all adults. They would ask like, Dad, like, tell me about your life so I can get some guidance about how to navigate. And, you know, I get a little bit into it and they just kind of shake their heads and walk away because it doesn't have like a linear kind of thing that's really helpful to them. Uh, although I think they appreciate it, they respect it, they're kind of amazed by it. And, and so for me, it's just what it is and you know what what's coming next uh i mean i really don't know you know at some point i suppose i will be retiring and it's like what i I have like no idea what that would be and so you know part of it is you're you're making a life in some way and you're conscious of how some of the pieces add up but you're not sure what actually uh comes next and that's both uh exciting not to know despite my age and sometimes it's a little uh disconcerting disorienting to say well you know you've been you're this age you've been doing these things what's next and you can't say what's next i mean you don't you know look how old you are i mean so for me it's not a path that I consciously chose and it remains kind of unknown but I, I guess I'm comfortable with that and have enough confidence that whatever comes next will be something that uh, is however it's measured sort of appropriate for me. Chris Hurley from the South Dakota Oral History Center provided an interesting answer about the value of different perspectives. What do I know for sure? Mm-hmm. Well I, I would say um, you know uh, I would say for sure the diversity of the state is pretty remarkable, and that's reflected in the history. I think that's maybe something that that um, most people today maybe don't think about, but there's an incredible number of uh, cultures and perspectives when it comes to South Dakota and, and the history, whether it's Native American or European or or African American or some blending or combination of others. So. Um, and I, but I think, you know, within all of that, that diversity, there's a universality in, in terms of interest and in, in history and who we are as a state, as a collective people. And um, as I think I mentioned before, storytelling is kind of a universal thing across all cultures. And so um, I think that's something that I'm safe to say at this point that we, we tend to have a common interest in, in history and story and, and how that gets told. 
One of my favorite aspects of hosting this podcast were the incredible guests I had the opportunity to meet and interview. Leslie Visser was one such guest who stood out as a champion of journalism. I had the opportunity to interview her when she received the Al Newharth Award for Excellence in Journalism. I loved her message about gratitude. You know, we like to usually close the podcast with an Oprah question, so this isn't an original, but... Oh, I was on Oprah. Can I tell you my Oprah story? Yes, please do. Okay, so I was on Oprah, of course, being the first woman, whatever it was, and Oprah and her audience, it was in Chicago, uh, you know, you stand behind a curtain, like on those late night shows to come out. So this is what Oprah says to introduce me. And now, the woman who's entertaining your husband while you refuse to learn the game. So I go, they hate me. They hate me. I come out. I'm on Oprah Winfrey. I come around the corner. They're like, whoa. It was nuts. It was nuts. But go ahead with your Oprah question. <laughs> well, that's an auspicious beginning to the question. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, at this point in your life, what do you know for sure? Yeah, I love that. Uh, I know for sure that I have an attitude of gratitude. I have deep appreciation. I'm not cynical about the career I have. I'm not cynical about sports. I thank you know my family, my mentors, my colleagues. I, I really appreciate the. I appreciate coming here. I mean, Al Newharth, your school's a giant in journalism, so I appreciate coming. I, I do not take any of it for granted. John Baring, a USD alumnus who's had success in Hollywood, talked about the things that he values most. <laughs> uh, what do I know for sure? Well, I know for sure that family is the only thing that really matters. Um, I know that life is a gift, and to not take one moment of it for granted. Um, I know that hard work pays off. I know that uh, that good things happen to good people, and that karma is a very real thing. And uh, and if you're nice to others, uh, they'll be nice to you. I mean, I think I know for sure that the golden rule is true: uh, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. I think that is really what it all boils down to. Um, so those are a, a few things that I know for sure. Of course, some of my favorite interviews involve some of the politicians that came to campus, like former U.S. Senator Heidi Heitkamp. That the best form of government is our democracy, and that um, it is imperfect. And it is our job as citizens of this great country to do everything that we can to improve our democracy. And that means improving equality for all people. South Dakota Congressman and USD alumnus Dusty Johnson also focused on ways we can improve government. Well, what I know for sure is that anger is a good way to motivate people in the short term. But it's not, anger doesn't build you know, abiding progress. Uh, anger doesn't build uh, something that will last and that will add real value over generations. And uh, there are a lot of people in the political sector, in the, in the political realm, who are motivated by anger, but the ones who really, long-term, will build a better America, uh, don't have anger as their primary motivation. We also interviewed former South Dakota Governor Dennis Dugard. Although this wasn't the last question, and one of my all-time favorite podcast moments, and a quintessential South Dakota one at that, Governor Dugard told a story that involved my great-grandpa, a neighbor of the governor's, when he was a child. But probably the most uh, 
memorable thing about childhood was going to the country school. They still had a one-room country school back in those days, and I was the only kid in my class, or I was at the top of my class, I like to say. But uh, the number of kids in grades one through eight probably ranged from 15 to 20, 25, depending upon kids moving in or out or graduating and the size of the classes. But uh, more than once when we'd have a snowfall that packed the roads with snow, one of our neighbors, Gib Kringen, would hook up a horse to an old end gate cedar that he had taken the wheels off and instead put on heavy sled runners. And then he'd drive that horse to our house, pick up my two sisters and me. He'd drive to the Wynots, pick up the Wynot kids, drive past his own home and pick up his own kids. And then we'd go to the country school in a horse-drawn sled. And then we'd take turns, us kids, we had these five buckle over shoes that we'd wear in the wintertime and we'd hang on the back of the sled <laughs> and ski with our, our big overshoes. <laughs> and it was the most fun. When I asked Governor Dugard what he knew for sure, he reflected on how lucky he had been. I know for sure I've had just a great life. I had uh, great parents and a great family. Uh, my two sisters are still very close to me, and uh, Lynn and I have had a great life together. We've been married now 37 years and got three kids and five grandkids, and I know for sure I am uh, I'm very, very lucky. One of the more fulfilling aspects of the podcast was the chance to interview experts during the pandemic. I love South Dakota Department of Health Secretary Kim Malsum Risden's message about the fundamental good within people. Oh my goodness! Well, I I know for sure that you can count on people, um, and I'll and I'll just I'll tell you why I um, have learned this um, in the last year, and it's really just solidified in in my mind. Um, you know, we have worked incredible days, and um, you know, with a. a just a lot of um, unknowns and, um, you know, just wanting to to do the best job we can do for people in our state. That's what we do as public servants and um, care very deeply about those issues. And, um, you know, when I, I've gotten, I, I keep a folder of these, um, of just notes of people that have written me that have said thank you or um, just you know, shared their experience, um, good or bad, and just reached out. And, um, you know, I, I just think that really speaks to um, the resiliency of people and um, that even in really, really stressful times, because this is, I mean, this is obviously stressful for us, but it's been stressful for everybody. Um, for when people do that, and they reach out and they offer, you know, an extension of warmth and empathy and um, generosity in the midst of their own personal crisis. I mean, it just really made me um, and solidified in my mind that you can count on people um, to be there. And so that's been an, an amazing thing. I had a letter, and I'll just maybe end on this note. I had a letter from a 91-year-old lady who I do not know um, from the western part of our state, handwritten beautiful handwriting. I mean, it was just gorgeous. Um, who was writing to me about, you know, the fact that she was kind of holed up in her house and, um, really lonely and just couldn't wait 
for the end of this pandemic and, you know, that she was praying for us so that we could do the work needed to end this pandemic. And it wasn't complaining and it was just a note of reaching out. And she um, shared a, a, a separate note attached to it that was stapled to it and kind of folded up and it said, for your eyes only. And I unfold this thing and it says, if there's one good thing about this, I haven't had to wear a bra in the last four months. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it just made my day. And so you see a note like that and you go, you know, people are good and we're going to get through this and you can count on people that you don't even know to be with you. And I think that's, you know, I'm not sure I always have known that. I don't know, you know, hopefully there will be um, days in the in the future when I remember that. But that's been a, a really, um, I'm really grateful for having had that part of this experience. Speaking of the pandemic, here's what vaccine expert and USD professor Victor Huber said about health over two years before the pandemic started. Spoiler alert, he was right. Um, I know that the immune system is one of the most important aspects of our survival, our sort of life on the planet and the ability to interact with the outside environment and respond to it um, is something that we should not take for granted. One of my favorite guests was USD Knutson School of Law, Dean Neil Fulton, who spoke about leadership. Uh, that I don't know much. I think um, one of the interesting things that that I think I have realized is that questions are more important than answers, that being a leader is much more commonly asking the right question as opposed to having the right answer, uh, and that there's just an enormous amount I don't know, but I'm excited to try and find that out. And if you went back and told 26-year-old Neil Fulton coming out of law school or my wife when she'd met me that that's where I would be, we both would have laughed at you probably. But it's good. When I had the chance to interview Dean Fulton again, I asked him if his answer had changed at all as a result of the pandemic. Here's his answer. Maybe. Um... I don't know what they are yet. Um, you know, I don't know that it will be the formative event for me like some other things have been. Um, I think I've had other personal events that have really shaped me in ways that I'll never change from. One of the things I really hope I've taken away from this is patience and perseverance. Because when I think about the times when my response, either personally or as dean, has been not as good as it could be, it's been the times where I was impatient about getting to a solution or where my perseverance broke down a little bit and I started to feel like, well, we'll never get through this. Um, I think the darkest times for us require our patience and our perseverance. The other thing that I really take away from this is the need for community. And over the last 12 months, the thing that I have felt most profoundly as Dean as a, as a failure of leadership, and I really do think it at times has been, is a failure to really sustain the community and create events through alternative means that sustain community. 
What's been gratifying, though, even just in recent weeks, as I watched your class get ready to graduate, as I've seen us actually start to have a few events, that was happening and I didn't see it. You know, I know from students who had small groups of community and I know from faculty that were having Zoom meetings and things like that, um, that community survived. And so taking away the value of community and that it, it endures, uh, that's a takeaway. Patience, perseverance, and community, that might be my three takeaways from law school right there. Another message on leadership came from alumnus Major Chris Mercado, who founded Objective Zero, a military suicide prevention organization. Wow, what a difficult question. <laughs> what do I know for sure? Okay. I know that uh, whatever we choose to do in life, um, we should always seek to make a difference in the lives of others. And whether that's a small step or a bold leap, all that matters is that you open your heart and try. Uh, I know that the things we do in life are sometimes extremely difficult, uh, but with hard work, it will pay off. And all you need is the persistence to keep going when everything looks like it's falling apart. One answer I particularly liked was from former South Dakota Supreme Court Justice Judy Meyer Henry, who spoke about the difficulty of this past year and what she values most in life. You know, this year has been hard. <laughs> you don't know things for sure. I think, I think, um, I think, you know, if you try, you got to live your life as well as you can, wherever you are. I think somebody said that, and that's a quote. But it is, it is, um, it's true. I think you you have to, you know. I was I was lucky. I had a very loving parents, and um, and I have, you know, I have good relationship with my siblings and with Mark's siblings, and family was very important. And I think for us, that was the number one thing. And it always has been, you know, families first. And I think if there's anything I know for sure, it's that. <laughs> Sustainability professor Mark Sweeney talked about the question being a source of inspiration as he continues to think about new ways to connect with students. What do I know for sure? Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, I know that I want to keep learning new things. I mean, that's one of the things that reasons why I became a scientist it's, I don't want to just learn X plus Y. My knowledge base keeps evolving in, you know, as I, you know, you, you think you know it all when you're young, you don't. And it, so throughout my career, I keep learning more and more, not only just as a scientist, but I keep learning more and more about a te as a teacher, you know, and how to engage with, with students at the college level. And so I know some things, but I certainly don't don't know it all, and uh, I guess what I know for sure is that things are, are constantly changing, and we need to be able to to you know to understand how that's going to impact us in the future. We need to 
you know, keep studying these things. That's why science is so important. We don't know everything about science. Some people think we've figured it all out already. There are so many questions that, that need to be answered. And so that's what I know, is that we need to know more stuff. USD professor Michael Avesa talked about the privilege of being able to leave a legacy. Nobody knows anything for sure. All I know is that I'm grateful to be alive today and to be here. And what I know for sure is that, uh, which with our sense of modesty, is one has set uh, some legacy of some sort. Uh, because what what is certain is what you did yesterday, you can go back and erase that. And that's part of your legacy. And I think with uh, USC has provided me the opportunity to put some little legacy out there, like the full, second Fulbright, for instance. I have all my professional bodies and I'm bombarded with the uh, compliments and congratulatory messages. I think that's part of the legacy that I'm sure of. But tomorrow is for those of us who come from uh, indigenous Africa, you, you also, you always find God in everything. Tomorrow is in God's hands. That's how they will say it in my village. Only God knows tomorrow. But today we are thankful for the opportunities we have and we are thankful for the little legacy we have been able to make. And in a recent interview, poet Chris Van Dracic provided a humorous answer on what he knows he wants to do in retirement. Oh, man. I know this, that if I, if I ever uh, am lucky enough to get to an old age and be retired, I want to do it like the artist John Crane is doing it out in the Black Hills because he's flipping burgers at the Moonshine Gulch Saloon in Rochford. Do you know the Moonshine Gulch Saloon in Rochford? Er, I, I do know it, yeah. <laughs> okay. So one night my wife and I were there, and we're like hanging out. We're getting burgers. And all of a sudden this guy walks in, and it's John Crane, like the watercolor artist or whatever he is. And he's just like hanging out. And I kind of thought, that's that's what I want. That sort of simplicity of art. You know, he's creating art, but also there's a beautiful aesthetic to that place. And it's a little bit, you kind of, you have to go find it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like Brigadoon. You have to kind of go back in the woods a little bit on a dirt road to find that place. Um, and you're not totally out of touch with society, but you're kind of on the edge. And I like that. Of course, some of my favorite episodes may have been those with my friends, like USD alumnus and journalist Tom Clute, who spoke about what he had learned about trusting your instincts. You know, at this point in your life, though, after everything that you've done, the ups and downs of your career, what do you know for sure? What do you, oh, my God. And that's an Oprah question, by the way. Uh, what do I know for sure? Man, oh, you're knocking me flat here, Ewald. Um... I know for sure that there is immense danger in claiming absolute certainty over anything. That's what I know for sure. How's that? Is that a cop-out? No, that's a good one. It's <laughs> <laughs> not bad. I also know for sure, just to, if, if I want to, you want a, a, a more direct answer, uh, maybe more useful advice. I, I would say, just to, to reiterate what I, I mentioned earlier, trust your instinct when it, when it comes to 
uh, your professional. I don't know. I don't know how many kids are listening to this. I'm just assuming that I'm, I'm speaking to uh, <laughs> the student body at your seat. Probably not. But anyway, I just I I feel like if, if you if you draw any lessons from from my career, it's it's to just it's to trust your instincts. It's usually right. It usually is. And if if you if you feel reluctant about a job or a relationship or any experience, um, you you should heed that. You should heed those warnings. And uh, I, I think um, I think too often we we make deals with ourselves, and that that leads to that leads to a settling. And um, yeah, life's too short to settle. My friend Reina Hernandez discussed the importance of representation. Well, I want to give the Keanu Reeves answer. <laughs> it is an Oprah question, so it'd be okay. <laughs> you should probably get away with that. Um, let's see here. What do I know for sure? Okay, actually, representation matters. Um, it matters so much, and I'm seeing that over and over and over again, and I'm seeing that the impacts of representation and what that does to people. And it matters to how that representation is framed. And that's a fact. Um, and it's really, it's really important. Or my friend USD painting professor Amber Hansen, who spoke about the artists within all of us. What I know for sure is that everybody can draw and paint. And everyone has a story to tell. And that we are impacted by our visual environment. The last answer comes from Elise Boxer, director of the Institute of American Indian Studies at USD. What do I know for sure? Oh, wow. That's a tough one. Um, hmm. I think what I know for sure is, oh, you're going to get me emotional this morning, um, is a commitment to my family. I have had the privilege of having to be emotional, but I've had three children. I have a five-year-old, I have a three-year-old, and I have an almost um, two-year-old in January. What I know for sure is that we are taught as Indigenous people to think of seven generations behind us and then for those of the future. And I see my children as my future. So what I know for sure is that everything I do at this moment, I do for my children. And that includes what I do here at USD. I sacrifice time for my children and my family, but I do it knowing that I'm building a better future for them as Dakota people. And I want them to know more importantly that we are needed in this space and we are welcome in this space and to naturalize education for them. So I think, like, that's a tough one, but that's the one thing I know is that the love I have for my children and my desire to create a better future for them and then for their children. Thank you for listening to Credit Hour. Listening was 100% of the grade, so we hope you enjoyed the episode. As a final thanks, thank you to all the people at USD who supported this project. Michelle Schwach, Tina Haroldson, Adam Gomez, Haley Warren, Hannah DeLang, Kristen Pileski, Beth Pearson, Aaron Packard, Zbigniew Zurovich, Chase Anderton, Andy Limerick, Terry Divig, Brittany Fodness, Bailey Kwambeck, Allison Buckman, 
Kim Lee, all of our guests, and of course, you, our listeners. As always, go Yotes.